Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. L and M goes king size. Yes, L and M goes king size. Now, L and M is king size as well as regular. Both have the same low price. Both have the pure white miracle tip for the effective filtration you need. Yes, it's the filter that counts. And L and M has the best. You get much more flavor, much less nicotine. A light and mild smoke. This is it, filter tip smokers. L&M filters, just what the doctor ordered. Look for the beautiful monogrammed pack. Next time, buy L&M filters, king size or regular, both at the same low price. L&M filters, America's highest quality and best filter tip cigarette. This is it, L&M filters. This is it, something new. Now two sizes. L&M filters, new king size and regular too. This is it. L&M filters, L&M filters with the miracle tip. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Molly, but hurry back, will you? That movie script will be here any minute now, and you can help me rehearse. Yeah. I'm just sitting here telling Les Nelson all about him. Okay, goodbye, Molly. By golly, this sure is exciting, Mr. McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Sally, we're, we're just real impressed living next door to a movie actor. Uh, go ahead with your story of how you got this contract. Okay, uh, where was I when Molly phoned? Well, let's see now. Uh, you had told me uh, how you accidentally busted up this movie the Hollywood people were shooting out in the country Tuesday... And you were up to the part where the director come over here to see you yesterday. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Well, sir, this director, Duvall, the great Duvall, they call him, he's the guy that created such masterpieces as Return of the Romans, Elephant Valley, and that never-to-be-forgotten drama of a woman's sacrifice for her only child, Dial M for Mother. Oh, that was a good one. Yes, sir, I, I saw that over to the Bijou, and I ate a 50-cent box of popcorn. Box and all watching that. Well, sir, he says to me, McGee, he says, when we were shooting our big scene at Magnolia Manor yesterday, and you come out of the nowhere and rushed into the back door of our burning mansion and rescued Lana Latour before I could holler cut, I was pretty annoyed. Well, I guess you can't hardly blame him. If they was expecting their hero to come out the front door carrying the girl, and you come out instead. And he says, when our $50,000 house burned to the ground before we could shoot it over, and then you walked over to me and said, boy, you newsreel guys sure get here fast. I was sore, he says. It's a wonder he didn't kill you. It, and after all that, this this fellow Duval actually gave you a contract to be in his picture at $1,000 a day? Well, there it is, Les. There it is, signed and all set. I'm waiting for the script to get here right now so I can start rehearsing for my big scene tomorrow. They're writing a special part in for me. Well, I will be jiggered. When they seen my dramatization, a red-blooded American manhood in action, they must have knew they had something. Oh, they had something, all right. 
Wonder it wasn't a stroke. But the thing that really clinched it was my voice. Your voice? Yeah. Yes, sir, I never realized it myself, but my voice has the exact same tonal quality of one of the greatest actors of all, John Barrymore. Barrymore? Here, listen. Hark, what light by yonder winter breaks? It is the east, and Juliet, you are my son. Don't that sound just like John Barrymore? Well, uh, I guess I must have been thinking of the wrong John Barrymore, Mr. McGee. The one I had in mind. I was just passing by and I heard you reciting Romeo and Juliet, McGee. Oh, hi, Fatso. Well, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Les. What's this I hear about you getting a role in a Hollywood movie, McGee? Don't tell me that Francis the Mule is retired. That's what I hate about the summertime, Les. You leave your door open and you never know what kind of pest is liable to crawl in on you. (laughs) No kidding. Is it actually true that after ruining that movie out there the other day, they're going to pay you money to act in it? Well, they sure are, Doctor. I I just saw the contract. Yeah? What are you going to play, Sonny? The corpse in the bottom of the well? Because I'll go see the picture if you're going to be... Read him the contract, Lester. Read him the contract. Go on. Read it to the big, fat, skeptical, jealous, sour grapes old doctor. Read him the contract. Read it. Well, uh, it says here uh, that they're hiring Mr. McGee to appear as an actor in a picture. Now, it says, at the rate of $1,000 per eight-hour day. What? Yeah, yeah. For all time actually spent in front of cameras. You betcha. What? That's over $100 an hour. Yeah. Hmm. Well, now, I hear it only takes this fellow Duval a few minutes to shoot a scene uh, once he gets it all set up. But even if Mr. McGee only spends 10 or 15 minutes in front of the camera, why, that's 20 or $30 for his day's work. 20 or $30? You mean I'll sit around there all day and maybe only work 15 minutes? That's the way they make movies, I understand. Why don't you read your contract, stupid? Hmm. I never thought of it that way. Hmm. Forgive me, friends. I must have time to think. I pray thee go and leave me to my meditations. Huh? My bones are weary. They cry out for sweet repose. So go now that I may sleep and rest, lest I appear on the set tomorrow wan and weary, pale and pooped. Twenty or thirty bucks. My gosh, I thought I'd get a thousand. Well, by George, I'll show them movie maggots. Once the public sees me on the screen, they... There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. If you're of teenager up, a loyal American, male or female, your country needs you in the Civilian Ground Observer Corps. You've heard the radio broadcasts, seen the television pictures, you know the facts. You know what a single H-bomb dropped in any metropolitan area could do. And today's long-range bombers have made intercontinental war possible. Enemy planes based on the other side of the world could reach the United States in a matter of hours. Radar can help detect them, but there are dangerous gaps through which low-flying planes can penetrate without detection. To fill out our detection system, civilian personnel is needed, particularly along the east and west coasts and in the northern states. Skywatching is not a game, it's a necessary precaution. The Ground Observer Corps is now operating on a -a 24-hour-a-day basis and needs at least 200,000 volunteers to contribute a few hours of their spare time to this vital work. Get in touch with your local civilian defense center at once. Can 
Can this be the ghost of Hamlet's father strolling down your garden wall? Out, darn spot. Out with you. Alas, poor Yorick, I knew her well. Alas, poor McGee, I wish I could say the same about him. Huh? What was that? Ever since that Mr. Duvall came over here and told you you sounded like John Barrymore, you've been fracturing Shakespeare all over the place. Right somewhere, will you, McGee? You're making me nervous. Well, I'm just practicing till the script gets here, Molly. Just developing my pear-shaped tones. You're going to develop a prune-shaped face if you don't stop twisting it up like that. Why don't you run upstairs and try on your costume again? Those buckskin pants may need letting out. No, no, they're okay. I tried them. I'm too keyed up to be trying on clothes anyhow. i got to keep my vocal cords loosened up. I never saw the day they weren't. Rest them a while. I've got to go on you some shirts. Call me when the script gets here, will you? Hey, Molly, it's here. It's here. The script, it's here. Well, thank goodness. Yeah, look. Here's the scene I'm going to do with the hero, Captain Greystark. Holy smoke. What's the matter? Look at it, will you? It's eight pages long. I'm practically the star of this thing. Well, naturally. Now, here's how we'll do it. You read all the lines marked Captain Greystark, you see. My name in the picture is Orville. And when you come to a line that's marked Orville, you, you stop and it's my turn. Okay? Okay. Now, here we go. Let's see. Orville is standing in the shadow of Magnolia Manor. He hears a twig break as he is approached from behind by his dear and true friend, Captain Greystark. Greystark speaks. Quiet on the set. Action. Camera. Okay, Molly. Okay. It is I, Captain Greystark. Don't look around, Orville, or you'll give me away. I sought you out because you're the only one at Magnolia Manor that I can trust. Things have not gone well with our troops, Orville. I have slipped through the enemy lines for one last look at my dear wife, Melanie. For tomorrow we attack at dawn. No, do not speak, my dear friend. I have little time and much to say. Boy, you can say that again. Twelve lines and I haven't had a word yet. Go ahead. Listen closely, Orville. You are my best friend. You are brave and true. A day never passes that my men do not talk of your daring exploits. Major Kincaid speaks very highly of you, and so does General Flagstaff. Looks like everybody's got something to say but me. Now, don't get upset, dearie. I'm sure that... Well, so far, all I've done is stand there with my back to the camera and a look of compassion in my eyes. Whatever that is. No lines. No lines. What is this, a silent movie? Let me see that script. Maybe they sent over the wrong part. Oh, this is the right one, all right. Here's my part. Orville. On the last page? Yep. After Greystark makes an eight-page speech, then I get my turn. And listen to this. As Greystark finishes speaking, Orville turns. He is visibly moved. He places his hand gently on Greystark's shoulder and starts to speak. Good. But the words do not come. What? The two men look into each other's eyes for a moment, and finally, Orville speaks. Well, it's high time. What does he say? Captain Greystark, you can count on me. What? That's it. Captain Greystark, you can count on me. Unless there's a page missing. And there ain't, because the next page is page nine, and it says, Thanks to the entire cast for their cooperation on this fine picture. Please return uniforms to wardrobe. Movies are better than ever. Well, if that isn't... Give me that phone. They can't do this to me. What does that Duval mean? Me, a part like that. Why, who does he... Hello, operator? Hello, operator. We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. 
Here's a suggestion for something to do tomorrow evening. Wherever you are, at home relaxing or out for a spin in the car, let NBC help your evening along by supplying the music. We mean the music all America is whistling and humming these days in a danceable two-hour program called Hear America Swinging. You'll hear the top bands and top vocalists in the nation. Just listen to some of the people who've appeared recently on Hear America Swinging. Paul Weston and his orchestra. Freddie Martin, the George Shearing Quintet. Billy May with his band. It's always a musical lineup you just can't equal anywhere. And NBC brings it all to you tomorrow evening in a two-hour session to suit every taste. If you like it sweet, if you like it cool, whatever you want in popular music, you'll find it tomorrow when NBC brings you Hear America Swinging, an ideal musical background for your relaxing summer evening. Captain Greystark, you can count on me. Captain Greystark, you can count on me. McGee, hmm? you never did tell me what that director said when you told him you wanted more lines tomorrow. Well, don't worry. I can steal the picture with this one line. After all, in the old days, Molly, the great stars like William S. Hart and Francis X. Bushman and Gloria P. Swanson, they didn't say a word on the screen. <laughs> Them stars made their fame in complete silence. <laughs> That'll never happen to you. Hmm? Oh. Good night. Good night, all. Fibber McGee and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production. With Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble and Robert Easton as Les Nelson. This is John Wald inviting you to meet us at the same time tomorrow on the set of Magnolia Manor. A Hollywood epic being filmed near Wistful Vista. What will happen when Mr. McGee steps before the cameras is anybody's guess. But my guess is it'll be fun. Tune in and see. Good night. Get behind the headlines to the heart of the news tonight on the NBC Radio Network.